Doing all the things like a frog growing into a toad. Frogs and toads. I thought we were going to keep that's going. How, that's how toads work. It's <laughs> yeah. just a frog grows into a it's toad. Like, is an old frog. It's, it's the evolved form of a frog. Haven't you seen Pokemon? Elderly Kermit will be Kermit the Toad. <laughs> um, hey, well, welcome back to the show. Uh, we got a great show for you today. We're going to be uh, talking about... Uh, B&B movies, which are beer and bros, or for women, beer and, and broads, babes, I don't know, babes beer, beer and babe. yeah, it's broads beer because it's girls and girls, so. But isn't that kind of like a bad tip, like. Girls wouldn't call other girls babes, I feel like, they'd yeah. call them broads. But would they call them broads? I think so. It's not really an offensive term. I feel like that's a broad statement. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, uh, so you can come up, get back to us on it, and then we'll. You know, take your advice on that one. Um, but first, let's get started into the Daily Snitch. Do we get to tell the cops? Well, invited, told me. The Daily Snitch. All right, so our top three stories. <laughs> Number one, you didn't hear this from me. Oh, okay. But uh, Deadpool is the number one rated R movie of all time. Highest grossing rated R film to date worldwide. Wow. All right. And I believe it's like third in just the U.S., right? Yeah. Because if you separate it from, from the other countries and it's just the U.S., it's the third highest. Yeah. Behind... Um, I, Passion of the Christ was the first one. That's right. And then Passion. Matrix Reloaded. And Matrix Reloaded. Yeah. yeah. So Which, I'm surprised Matrix Reloaded made more than The Matrix. Yeah. I, I'm not. I mean, you... Matrix, you don't really know what you're getting into, but Matrix Reloaded is kind of continuous. That's why the story you can't you trust box office for. on like the quality of a movie because the Matrix is way better than the Matrix Reloaded. Yeah, like, but on name alone being a sequel, kind of right. like Batman versus Superman, yes. it's going to be a huge box Shh, office. We're going to get no to that. I know, I know, I know. All right, so uh, that'll do it for story number one. Story number two. Now, guys, you didn't hear this from me, but uh, there's a Lego Batman movie coming out. And they've released a couple teasers for it, and it looks pretty darn good. It looks very funny. It looks like they're they're doing a lot of tongue in cheek, just like exactly what you like to see Lego do, which is take something and just yeah. make light of it. Uh, really explore the different areas of where you can go funny. Uh, mm. it, it looks pretty good. Batman was a really funny character in the Lego movie. Yeah, so he was Lego, like one of the standout characters. So Lego Batman Dark should be quite the treat. No parents. <laughs> Super rich, kind of makes it better. <laughs> it's so good. But I love in the teaser, if you haven't seen it, check it out. There's two of them that are really good. But the one where he's talking to Alfred, and Alfred's saying that um, he, you know, went through a phase like this in 2016, 2014. He's naming all the Yeah, different all the yeah, movie release dates. Yeah, odds. that was really funny. That was really good. That was quite meta and enjoyable. Yeah, they do. Uh, number three, you didn't hear this from me, but I literally just got back from seeing Batman v Superman, and I'm Ooh. gonna try my very best to give you a spoiler-free 
quick review, like as quick as possible, all right? Uh, this movie, I think critics are being a little harder on it than necessary because uh, it's Batman versus Superman. I think also that it's doing really well in the box office because it's Batman v Superman. It has the name Batman and Superman in the title. So they're gonna make tons of money. Critics are being a little harsher on it than I think it deserves. I would give it a three out of five, which is a fresh, yeah. fresh, like it means go out and see it. There are things to recommend this movie for. There are things to see in it. Just be advised, I didn't care a lot about the characters. I felt like the storyline was very busy. They were trying to do a lot mm. in a short amount of time. I understand. Which was a main complaint. I understand exactly days. why it's getting low critic ratings. Uh, but I still think that just for the, the action sequences alone and for Batman, this mm. movie is worth seeing. I saw it in 3D. It's not worth it. Uh, 3D didn't really add much. Um, I have a lot more to say about it, but I think that's all I'm going to include because this is just the daily snitch. So, so just, a, just a real quick thing. Some of the major issues that critics had. Uh, give me a thumbs up, thumbs down. Jesse Eisenberg is Lex Luthor. Uh, thumbs down. Okay. Um, too many storylines? Yeah, that's, def that's true. So thumbs down. Okay, thumbs They're down trying to do too much. They did a bad job with it. Yeah. Okay, and um, there was something else. Too much talking. See, I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't think there was too much talking. Okay. I didn't, I didn't think, I didn't see, I felt like the pacing as far as action compared with uh, drama was fine. It's just that I didn't really care enough about the characters and there's so much going on. Um, Wonder Woman is great in the movie, but completely unnecessary. Yeah. Uh, so there's just a lot of little issues with it. That's why it only gets, it just barely scrapes in with a three out of five in okay. my opinion. Well, that'll do it for Daily Snitch. We'll move on here. Um, so, uh... When we were planning for the show, uh, we, we like to come up with our own stuff and uh, create our own ideas, hence Gopher Quake and some of the other ideas that we've tossed out on this podcast. But uh, I was thinking about TV and what kind of show would you personally make for TV? Something that you want to see that isn't out there right now. Okay, so there's so many different ways you can go um, with like your... There are so many different kinds of TV shows, and and you can pitch just about anything nowadays. Mm -hmm. I really like the Seinfeld episodes where Jerry and George Costanza are pitching a show about nothing. You yeah, know? <laughs> and and so uh, Corey and I used to sit at the same lunch table in high school, and we had all of our friends in our high school sit mm -hmm. with us. And these kinds of shows, um, I, I would I would maybe want it to be like a community college lunch table. I'm not sure. I feel like. Schools okay. have been done, yeah. so maybe even, but but you have friends, you have How I Met Your Mother, mm -hmm. you have um, a community. These shows are just like a group of people kind of becoming adults together, hanging out, having a good time. Mm. Um, I would want a lot of it to, to follow our lives. Obviously, there would be relationships between the characters, but I would want a lot of the same things that we had at our lunch table to be here. I want it to be clear that these people... They kind of just decided to sit at a table for lunch, but became fast friends, yeah. and uh, that developed. I mean, for the whole four years of of high school, we sat at the same lunch table, and it makes a big. It had a big big impact on yeah, us socially. It grew from like four people to where we had to push multiple tables together to fit everyone. Yeah, because it came like this. Well, really, it was kind of a spectacle. We were a little unruly. We got in trouble a couple times. Uh, <laughs> Um, but, um, it was just really fun. We used to make fun of anyone who sat at the table. Uh, we'd make fun of ourselves. Also. We'd make fun of each other. Yeah. No one was immune to being made fun of. 
But a lot of times new people would sit down who didn't really know us and we'd make fun of them pretty hard. And like some people could take it, some people couldn't. It was just, it would make a really interesting, um, I feel like, have you ever seen the show League? The League? Yeah. Um, I feel like that's one of the only shows I've seen where people, where the characters make fun of each other like we did in high school. Um, So it would be nice to see that, but with a little sweeter side to it. Yeah full-on comedy like relationships and and romances and things like that and just the actual what it looks like when friends really care about each Mm -hmm. other and check up on each other um but also make fun of each other super hard and that's and that was the thing about making fun of each other is it it was all about we're not going to give anyone special treatment and we're going to give everyone the same treatment but it's all coming from a good place. Well, like, you may insult me on something that I'm very self-conscious about, but I'm not self-conscious about it anymore. Because and, I've been yeah. insulted on Here's the yeah. deal. And if that gives me leeway to make fun of someone else for something that they have. So it's and the, it's a really cathartic way to get well, out all of your insecurities. This is what it was. And I actually had to like grow up a little bit after high school because I was so used to us making fun of each other. And some people like just couldn't really deal with that. Yeah. So I did have to step back a little bit yeah. after high school. But what it was is it's it's a form it's a love language it's a form of respect mm-hmm. that you show your friends like I respect you enough that I know you're not going to get too offended by these things that I'm saying which are really harsh yeah which I am thinking the the one thing that you would be most ashamed of and I'm making fun of you for it hard like yeah. we didn't we didn't leave anything out <laughs> and even people who were like really they had great lives and didn't have anything to be yeah. made fun of for it oh they still got made fun of oh, hard yeah. like everybody yeah um uh, <laughs> I, I, I will say one great thing about that is uh, if you have friends, make fun of them. Oh, yeah. Everyone <laughs> like, everyone should like, make fun here, of their friends here's, a little bit. Here's the issue that I think it is. And I think with humor and being able to point out each other's flaws and joke about them and then also feel open to discuss them and joke about them with other people, words carry the amount of power that you give them. Just like something is only embarrassing if you're embarrassed. Right. Like, right. It's, it's it, literally up to you how you take something. Exactly. If there is a bad word to you, it is because you have decided that that is a bad word. And it's very healthy, I think. And like you said, cathartic, to make fun of people, to, to be made fun of from pe- by people with positive intentions. Because that prepares you. If they say things that are worse than any bully's ever going to say, when they say it, you already have a sense of humor about it. And yeah. when you first heard that kind of insult, it was from someone who cares about yeah. you and loves you. So you're totally, you can take it in stride. It gives you a really good, healthy, like a uh, sense of humor about yourself. It's something that I really miss about a lot of my current friend groups. Uh, one of the things that you guys always ragged on me for was having cancer. And I think that <laughs> makes a lot of my modern friends kind of uncomfortable. And I really miss being made fun of for it because it just, it completely breaks down the barrier. It's like, mm. there's no elephant in the room. No one feels weird about it. I know that you guys are cool. And and so I really miss being made fun of for my cancer <laughs> face fairly often. So um, Yeah, I just, that's a, that would actually be a really interesting show. Um, but I just wanted to go a little bit deeper so people didn't think we were jerks making fun of people who just sat down at our lunch table. Right, right, right. There is a lot of heart behind that. Yeah. Um, for me, the TV show I would make um, would be something just called, like, Myth. Right? Okay. And so the first season of it would be Greek mythology. And it doesn't have to follow a specific Greek myth, but it utilizes all of the characters, the, minotaur, the minotaurs, the centaurs. Centaurs, minotaurs. I don't know why I'm saying them weird, but uh, 
griffins like utilize all those extravagant like crazy creatures and gods and all these powers and just create like this epic story for an entire season and then when the next season comes up do norse mythology right or japanese mythology you could even sell that kind of show to something like the history channel yeah. uh you would learn a lot by watching it but it would also be really fun really entertaining uh Greek mythology done well is always really fun to watch. Yeah. And then to have that just the same show but a different season have it be completely different mythology would be really cool. Yeah. Because there's a huge variety in between the two. I've been reading myths to my daughter and she really loves them because like Greek mythology explains everything in really good detail on how certain things were done and created. And Norse mythology is really a story about heart and bravery and like when you get it, down to well, the very root of it it's well they're um different but crazy. norse mythology has much more of an of be honorable and glorious in this life and have yeah. glory in the afterlife uh greek mythology was much more just like a very rudimentary way of understanding the world like every single process that we yeah. saw every single natural process that you observe in the mm. world had a god like behind it in seasons and and, and there's a, a lot of right it. and there's and then they would really personify their gods to the point where it was like a soap opera yeah and i've talked to friends about this i think um a lot of times we think back and we think about Gr greek mythology as if the people of that time really believed all these crazy things yeah. like there was a god of water and a god of the sun and a god of, and like some of the more involved like egyptian religions and things like that they really believed it but i think especially for greek mythology it was more like santa claus um mm -hmm. and i think it would be really interesting to get into the people and why they believed these things yeah. or or had these stories um that would be a really cool side too of, and it would all be dramatized obviously yeah um so yeah it could make a really cool show all right for sure well, uh, if any TV executives are listening, we did your job for you, so you're welcome. So lunch table, more or less like a Friends-ish, How I Met Your Mother lunch table show, and then yeah, myth, but myth, just yeah, myth, myth. Um, mythos, mythos. Yeah, either way it works. <laughs> I like mythos, um, but but I do like the lunch table like Friends style thing, except it have to be very harsh and. Blunt right. to the it would point, be, just to show that connection. It would be the inter-insulting of of um, the league, like the friend-to-friend yeah. insults of the league, but it would also have like the relationship drama of How I Met Your Mother. Yeah, um, no, I like that. Yeah. Okay, uh, so now we're going to jump into our B&B &B Spotlight. So this is a mo good movie to watch with a couple of beers and a couple of bros or... Uh, Broads, you call your friends, you get them together, yeah. you say, hey, we're going to watch a movie, and you watch a fun movie that you can talk through, that's not, it's not going to ruin the movie if people are talking yeah. and laughing. Um, it's something that's funny, something that's fun to watch, something yeah. that you can easily drink or get, you and, know. And it could be funny not on purpose. Right, right, <laughs> it, right. A very classic realm of B&Bs is yeah. bad movies, yeah. okay? Uh, but um, in this case... Um, we we picked one of the ultimate B and Bs. In my opinion, part of partially why is because um, it's the, the movie itself is all about drinking beer. Yeah. Now this movie definitely isn't a bad movie. It's definitely a good movie, uh, basically from all considerations. Yeah. But it's not meant to be taken super seriously. It's a it's a very very funny comedy ultimately. Mm. So and uh, and that movie would be Strange Brew. Yes. It's a story about. Um, 
a couple are they brothers yes they're really they're brothers and they're canadian and they have a show and they love drinking basically so it's kind of their their lives revolve around drinking beer and uh, they have a show that kind of has to do with uh drinking beer and like that kind of culture yeah um uh, ultimately, they end up going to a brewery, getting a job there. Um, there's a lot of weird stuff going on mm. in the brewery, and they have to. It almost becomes like this. Um, it, it gets ridiculous. It gets yeah. like superhero level ridiculous, and it's so funny and it's so much yeah. fun. It's starring uh, Rick Moranis and Dave Thomas. Yep. Um, they apparently had like a radio show and just kind of an offbeat like TV show somewhere, and then it got picked up into a movie. Um, awesome. And this was actually Rick Moranis' first movie. Wow. Yeah. He's amazing in it. I love the facial expressions yeah. they both constantly make. Yay! Uh, another hey thing you, is that they hit, they hit Canadian tropes really hard, mm -hmm. which is great. Uh, they're constantly saying, take off A. They say A, like, almost, after yeah, almost every, every sentence. Every sentence. Uh, take off, you hoser. <laughs> uh, they, they're saying stuff like that all, uh, constantly. It's just great. Uh, yeah. yeah. This is a really fun movie. Perfect for drinking beer, too, because it's all about beer. Yeah. Um, and, and it has a scene where he drinks all that. Like, yeah. <laughs> watch it, and you'll enjoy it. There's some ridiculous Looney Tunes-esque style things in there. Um, but I did find out some really interesting stuff about the movie. Um, the movie was scripted and based heavily off of Hamlet. So they really studied Hamlet and kind of created the movie based off of that Shakespeare play. And there's really? a couple of hints to Hamlet. Uh, huh. The name of the beer company is also the name of the castle in Hamlet, and uh, there's uh, a couple of like Ilsnor, Elsnor, Elsnor, Elsnor. Um, that's the apparently the name of the castle in Hamlet. Okay. Um, also, uh, there's a scene where uh, one of the characters says that he saw Jedi 17 times to someone. So, Return of the Jedi. But at that time, that movie was not actually completed. So there was no way at that time he could have said he's seen that movie 17 times. So it's kind of like a, putting them a bit into the future. And he called it Jedi because they weren't finalized on the name for huh. Return of the Jedi or Revenge of the Jedi. And ultimately George Lucas thought Jedis wouldn't really seek revenge, so it's Return of the Jedi. Huh. Yeah. Um, also, Mel Blanc, uh, who did the voice of Barney Rubble, uh, is in the movie along with Mick Mor Rick Moranis, who played Barney Rubble in the Flintstones huh. movie. So, kind of funny that they're both in the same worlds. movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, and also, uh, I believe Rick Moranis and Dave Thomas basically took these characters and brought them back in Brother Bear as the moose. Huh? They do the voices of both the moose. And Brother Bear, and it's basically, oh, yay! Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> like yeah. the same Canadian thing. And uh, there was actually supposed to be a sequel to this movie. I think it was supposed to come out in 1999, but called Homebrew, where uh, they look into going into a microbrew business at home, like they're working in some other job. Um, but yeah, I thought it was really interesting that there was a sequel plan, but then like budgets and stuff got in the way. Yeah, that would have been that would have worked. Homebrew, uh, yeah, great, great movie. Uh, um, Rick Moranis, what a treasure! Yeah. You know, quit.
quit acting so that he could raise his children. It's pretty incredible. Rick Moranis wound up quitting acting because his uh, wife passed away and he had a couple of kids and so he decided to stay home and take care he, of them. He, of he walked focus. away from a movie star career to take yeah. care of his kids. Just a top-notch guy uh, in a lot of wonderful movies. He is Dark Helmet from Spaceballs. Yep. He, like... He is Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Yeah. He is... Little Giants, which was big for me. He is like Rick Moranis. Football. And, yeah. yeah, and he... Uh, um, and if you are in love with someone who has a body like Rick Moranis, there's nothing to be ashamed of. But don't tell them man. that. Just don't tell them that. Because that's not a compliment. You can think it. It's not a compliment, though. Uh, although he's a good-looking guy. He's just, you know... Um, all right, so uh, <laughs> we're going to slip in another topic here. Um... Now, with superhero stuff all the rage, Batman versus Superman, Daredevil, uh, it got me really thinking about all these people. I mean, they had certain motivations behind it. Like Spider-Man, his Uncle Ben was killed by a crime fighter, and so he went to get vengeance and beat him up and almost killed him. And he realized with great power comes great responsibility and didn't want his death to be in vain. And since he had these abilities, he decided to fight crime. Mm -hmm. uh, Daredevil, somewhat similar because of his dad dying. Um, but... What powers would you have to get to motivate you to fight crime? Like, what checklist would you have to have? Like, for me, I would have to have some sort of super strength to feel like I could go out there and risk my life and very, very good odds come back alive from it. I mean, of course, if you had, like, Superman basic invincibility, yeah, but is there anything without invincibility that could motivate you enough to be like, I'm going to put this to good use and I'm going to save people. See, the thing that uh, I, I think a lot, of, a lot of times we don't realize is when you're really, really good at something, you want to do it. Yeah. And when you're really, really good at fighting, you're going to want to find excuses to fight. And uh, what's the point of being like the best fighter in the world if you mm. never fight anybody? Yeah. And so uh, you don't fight just anyone, and it wouldn't be fair to fight like uh, athletically because there would be no competition. Yeah. Um, so you fight crime. Um, that's that's how I kind of picture it. Yeah. So it's not it's it's any kind of skill level in fighting specifically or self defense, yeah. um, anything like that, which which would. Um, then motivate me to want to use that skill. And I don't think I would choose to go out and fight crime. Yeah. I think it would find me. I think basically I'd be on the street and someone would be getting, you know, attacked or yeah. like one day, you know, someone gets mugged that I'm with, whatever it is, yeah. eventually you, you defend someone, you attack some people and you, that kind of reward, yeah, that, that instant rush. reward of helping somebody yeah. and also getting to fight and beat somebody up who deserves it. Yeah. I think, I think from that point on, you'd be hooked. And I think I would for sure. Yeah. I, uh, I, I think it comes down to certain things. I think no matter what power, I'd find a way to use it to help people. Like, if I could fly, I would go around and help people who are stranded places or help. If I heard something about, oh, so-and-so's, there's been a flood and there's people on roofs of houses, yeah. I'd go and help them. Yeah. Um, if it was speed, I think if I had, like, if I was really fast, I think I'd be okay fighting crime at that point because people wouldn't really be you able to see You can always me. get away. Yeah. See, that's part of it. Isn't is it? It if if it weren't fighting ability uh, per se, it's it's any kind of ability where you can confidently protect yourself from harm. Yeah. So then you're willing to put yourself in harm, and so super speed would definitely be something where you can always get away. 
Yeah. You can always get away. You can always just stop fighting and run away. <laughs> yeah. If I could uh, like read thoughts or like see the future, I can just call the police and be like, hey guys, this is going to go on. And then yeah. They'll think I'm crazy and not follow up on it. And then it'll happen. Then they'll start to believe me more when I yep. make anonymous phone calls. Yep. yep, yep. But you'll, uh, you'll I, become like a uh, psych, uh, the character in psych. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sort of. Kind of. Sort of. Right around there. Except real superpowers and not just the power of observation. Yeah. If you were really good with, like, gadgets and you could create, like, traps and different things, do you think you'd... If you were, like, a really good engineer, kind of like Batman, and he has, like, his little right. gadgets and stuff? Uh, well, um... I, yeah, see, I see that kind of starting as, um... Uh, you know, something very fun. But I think with that, you'd... I think that would be a very marketable skill. Yeah. So you might do it for a job, like maybe even the military or something like that. Like, hey, we're going to fight these people here. So you could you come in like a month early and just set the whole compound up, yeah. you know, and that would go so well that you'd kind of do that for a living. And then you'd kind of you'd find that you enjoy it and do it more and more. Uh, I can see that being a cool power to have i think it'd definitely be a really cool power like basically superhero engineering yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and and very different from batman because batman still gets in there bodily and fights people yeah. and i think it'd be interesting to watch somebody who is just so smart that they plan for every um possibility cause and effect yeah. yeah and they're just sitting in a chair reading a book while right all these right or maybe being... <laughs> watching it on a, cameras that they set yeah. up you know but like uh they've they've um presuppose every possible you know thing that could happen and just kind of set up little things to trap people and i think that would be really fun to watch and really cool yeah um especially because a lot of like um oceans 11 hmm. like you see what's happening but you don't you don't quite know how they're going to rob the casino hmm. and that makes the movie like really cool and gives it a little bit of replay value uh and i think it'd be the same thing way with that you could show him like doing all these things and setting up a building you know not really knowing and then all those things you would see how they become relevant when the actual bad guys show up uh that'd be a cool power anyhow a little bit yeah. off subject but they need to make a movie about a guy yeah. with that power because i should. really like that the engineer. Yeah, the engineer. Exactly. Yeah. I'm, I was trying to think of a really corny tagline for that, but I, uh, it, is, it escaped me. Like they won't escape him. I think the engineer <laughs> is, is, is good enough. Or, um, build your future. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> uh... Anyway. All right, the well, engineer, Home Alone. The engineer, Home Alone. It's Kevin McAllister. <laughs> he became a crime fighter. Um, although I really like the alternate reality where Kevin McAllister becomes the guy from Saw. I oh, was, yeah, I, yeah. I really love that whole idea where he's tried murdering these criminals and they wound up surviving and that traumatizing situation stuck with him for so long that he just... Uh, kind of snapped and decided to start coming up with more creative ways of inflicting pain and turning right. into the saga. <laughs> like he, he, he kind of became addicted to booby-trapping houses. Yeah. yeah I, I see that happening. Yeah. That's funny. Uh, do we have a sponsor? Um, yeah, I, I believe we do. So we're going to take a quick break, and then uh, we'll be back with a word from our sponsor right now. Hello, and this is Corey from Film Narc here to tell you guys about one of the greatest gifts you could ever give a mother. This Mother's Day, uh, make sure you contact the great people over at Umbilical. 
Now, what they do is they fashion earrings for mothers made out of the baby's umbilical cords. Now, I know what you're thinking. That is super gross. And you know what? The president of Umbilical, Jeff Johnson, he, uh, he would agree with you. It is kind of gross. But it's a memory that'll last a lifetime. And uh, if you read on their website, it says Umbilical, it's tubular, which makes sense because they're basically tubes. So, uh, you know, anyone that's able to do that cute of a play of words for something as sweet as just always remembering your child and having it from your ears to show friends, to show family, uh, it's, it's definitely something worth your support. So be sure to check them out. Uh, Umbilical. Uh, you can go onto their Instagram where they'll post pictures of before and after of the cords before they fashion them into jewelry. So it's really interesting to see how the process is done. Uh, but yeah, check them out. Umbilical. Dial 1-800-UMBILICOOL. Order in the next 20 minutes and get a free placental party dress. That's right. Complimentary placental party dress.